stayed on side. The late man Matthews, great move. What a goal. Beauty, Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net, scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped him in the corner. All right, here we go. Episode 38 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at LeafsPod, at HockeyPodNet. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup on the line. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for the players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. What do we want you to do? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in on the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And BMAC, this is episode 38 of Leafs Pod, a la the Rasmus Sandin episode, and the trade deadline special. How you doing, buddy? Kenny, I'm good. I was a little bit worried on Saturday. I'd assume we'd be talking about the Leafs' power play deficiencies, but glad we got some content, buddy. My goodness. We can still talk about that if you want. No, please. please. <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that when we're we'll, we'll depleted for, with content. We'll save that for Wednesday or Thursday, perhaps, depending sure. on how this this uh, game against Montreal goes Monday evening and the game against the Flames goes Tuesday evening. Let's not bury the lead. Let's get right to it. The Maple Leafs cleared the cap space off the books and made a couple of trades. Let's start with the big trade. Nick Foligno coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs. What are your initial thoughts on the deal? Well, it's kind of funny because Keith made it known yesterday that the Leafs wanted to arrive in Montreal because there's a lot of big golf guys on the team. So they were all relaxed at whatever hotel they were staying at and travel didn't disrupt their ability to watch. Kyle Dubas was not putting his feet up yesterday and watching the Masters. He was on a tear. Nick Foligno is an excellent, excellent addition to the bottom six, Kenny. I know a lot of people were having mixed emotions on this. I, I don't know why people assume he just wants to go out and, you know, make a trigger deal for a top six forward. Look at what you're getting out of Nick Foligno. Maybe he doesn't have the scoring touch anymore, but the Leafs don't need scoring, all right? He adds great grit to the bottom six. He enhances the leadership on this Leaf team. He won the King Clancy Trophy a few years back. And he's going to be an absolute force in the postseason. I mean, in the bubble playoffs last year, Toronto and Columbus, he and Pierre-Luc Dubois were the key, key contributors to knocking off the Leafs. I mean, it seemed like every play, Felino was, you know, yapping to the refs or just getting under the skin of Matthews and the Leafs' top guns. Huge, huge piece. I think Dubas struck gold with this guy. A big price to pay, though, 
as it cost a first round pick and two fourth round picks as Dubas had to do a little bit of shuffling. They actually yeah. bring in San Jose as the third party to retain 25% of the salary. Uh, Columbus ends up retaining half. So the Maple Leafs actually only end up picking up the cap hit of $1.375 million, leaving great. some space to still make some other moves. I like that aspect of the deal, and you definitely paid a premium for this player. But certainly... And uh, I got to be honest, BMAC, I'm not even certain that he's going to be in the bottom six. This might be a guy who slots in on the wing with John Tavares and William Nylander or True. on the wing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. We'll see where Sheldon Keefe decides to play him, but he might be able to bring a little bit of that sort of Zach Hyman style power forward, get you the puck in the corner and then get the puck to the skill guys to give that second line perhaps some assistance. I really like this deal because he brings a different element than the rest of this team has. He's experienced. He can play the two-way game as well as anybody in the league. And certainly, as we've discussed in the past, that's been something that the Toronto Maple Leafs were lacking. Now, uh, like I said, it's kind of the King's ransom to pay for this player. And you look at Taylor Hall getting shipped to the Boston Bruins in another deal that came at the 11th hour last night. Only a second-round pick and then a bottom six forward going the other way for Taylor Hall in addition to Curtis Lazar. But that's kind of just probably a contract that needed to go the other way to make the deal work. And then you look at what the Maple Leafs had to play for Felino. No question that Kyle Dubas thinks that this group is ready to go all in on with what he was willing to give up to bring Felino into town. The Leafs are just even more stacked. I mean, even more scary. They, they are built for the final four right now. And I had a chance to listen to Felino's first media availabilities via Zoom yesterday and you know, he was talking about his father, Mike Foligno, who, if you recall, Kenny, he played with the Leafs in 92-93, part of that run to the Final Four. You guys know the rest. So this is going to be great as the son, he gets a chance to play in the blue and white. What do you make of Dubis deciding to pull the trigger on Foligno over the likes of Taylor Hall, who is another target that was potentially rumored to be coming to Toronto and obviously has much more offensive upside than Foligno does? I just don't think it, it it was necessary, man. I really don't think it was. I mean, Boston... To bring in Hall. To, to bring in Hall. Yeah. I, I think Boston, it makes sense. I mean, they they rely heavily on that top line with Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. And maybe this will allow Bruce Cassidy to slide in Hall with the top line with Bergeron and Marchand or, or you know, sub one of the wingers out. But the Leafs, it's like, well, where do you put them? I mean, two or three years ago, great. You know, the parade would have started already. But I think it's the right fit. And Hall wasn't necessary for, for Dubas to acquire. The Leafs also acquire goaltender David Riddick from the Flames in exchange for a third-round pick. Again, similar trick of the trade as Calgary retains half the salary. So I believe the cap hit for Toronto comes in similarly to Felino's at $1.375 million. What does Dubas making this deal at this point in time for David Riddick tell you about Frederick Anderson's status with the team at the moment? It's an interesting situation, man. Quite the predicament because we have been kind of fed this vague timeline for Freddie. And I think it just obviously shores up the goaltending depth. It's it's unpredictable right now what's going to happen with Frederick Anderson. So the right move. And again, financially, he uh, he pulled some strings to, to win in that regard as well. So I think that this just allows them to have some more security in their goalie depth. I agree. I think it basically what it says is the Maple Leafs don't want to go to war with there being a potential chance that Michael Hutchinson 
is going to have to be the guy in the playoffs. Exactly. Now, no, no disrespect to Hutchinson. He's played well at times during the regular season, but he's also played terribly at times yeah. in the regular season, both this season Very and last season. So I'm not sure that any franchise would be comfortable putting him between the pipes and putting your hopes in that guy in a playoff series. And to be quite honest, Jack Campbell also hasn't proven that he can stay healthy between the pipes. I think that's necessary to have somebody in your back pocket in case Campbell gets a little strain or in case he can't go in back-to-back games, whatever happens down the stretch. Injuries have been a problem for him this season and throughout his career. So I think Dubis looks at this and says, we can get a quality netminder in David Riddick. You take a quality netminder who has also played very well against you away from a team in the division who's basically now you know, throwing in the towel the Calgary Flames by basically just selling off their players who are in the last year of their contract. I expect some major moves from the general manager in the offseason as well with that group, given their performance over the last They've been several awful. seasons. And I think what it tells you about Frederick Anderson is that the organization is pretty sure now that they aren't going to be playing him or that he's not going to make a return before the playoffs at the earliest date. Because basically they put him on the LTIR. He doesn't count against the cap hit now, so that nope. frees up $5 million bucks to move around and bring some in, bring in some other players. And very similarly to the boat that Tampa Bay's in with their star winger, Nikuta Kucherov, who was off the book for the whole season, basically. If you can sort of stretch that injury out into the postseason, that's when the cap just gets wiped out. There's no more salary cap in the postseason. So you can bring back Freddie. You can bring back whoever. Uh, Riley Nash, which was another acquisition that the Toronto Maple Leafs made. Also over, on the LTIR. Yeah, exactly. So And they pick him up for a seventh-round pick, so basically a bag of peanuts. Uh, that's a guy that I could see slotting in on the bottom six, and he won't be affecting the cap hit either because he's not expected to be ready before the playoffs anyway. So some very shrewd cap management, it would seem, between Brandon Pridham and Kyle Dubas. So let's picture Nylander back in the lineup, the Leafs fully healthy top to bottom. In your mind, Kenny, where would you like to see Felino play and with whom? I would like to see him on the line that I mentioned earlier. I'd like to see him playing alongside John Tavares and William Nylander and see what that looks like. In addition to that, then you probably feel comfortable leaving Hyman up with the first line. So you do Matthews, Marner, Hyman, Felino. Tavares, Nylander, and then hopefully by the time the postseason comes along, Riley Nash has come along a little bit more, and then you can slot him in on that third line. And however you want to shuffle the deck for the bottom six forwards, I don't think that's as, as consequential for Sheldon Keefe. I trust him to make the right moves in those in those uh, circumstances. I think that solidifying your top six needed to happen. And I think that potentially Foligno can slot in really nicely, bringing a different dynamic to that line to that second line alongside John Tavares and William Nylander. Now, having said that, I would also not be surprised to see him slot in as a third line center. As we I see, see that play more. in his career. Yeah. And be like a definitive shutdown guy in the bottom six. For sure. I mean, I was talking about this with my coworkers yesterday and I was like, man, imagine you threw out like Spezza, Thornton and Felino. that now that might be a little slow line. So you can have some fun with it. The if dinosaur and, line. Yeah. Maybe slide into Kev or, or Hyman. When you look at a leadership perspective as well, this is something that I love from Dubas. How many former captains now do the Maple Leafs have on like the roster? Eight. Yeah, they got they got know. Thornton, they got Spezza, now Nick Foligno, who was wearing the C forever in Columbus. Yep. You got Tavares, who formerly wore the C in the islands. Now he's wearing the C in Toronto. Their leadership group in the room is the expanding by the day. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be 
that's going to be a key thing for this Toronto Maple Leafs, a key position for this Toronto Maple Leafs is to bolster that area so they can push through the adversity and they get guys who have been there before and been in tough playoff series and know what it takes to get to the next level. They have that in spades right now, and I think it's been probably the most impressive thing that Kyle Dubas has done since he's been manager of the team is expanding that group and bringing in these veteran players who can make a difference in those tight games in the postseason. And it's going to be interesting too, Kenny. I mean, a lot of hockey to be played this month for the Maple Leafs. Four games in the next six nights. We're recording this Monday, April 12th. So I'd imagine Felino and Riddick, after they complete their quarantine window of seven days, I believe, then they'll be able to be thrown into the lineup by latest next week or something. So it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see, and can't wait to see uh, 71 in the blue and white, especially. I think Riddick's uh, quarantine time will be less because he's coming just from uh, Canada still. True. So you won't necessarily yeah. have to set out as long as Felino will, who will be at least a week probably yeah. before we see him coming in. Uh, before we get to the, well, just go through the win against Ottawa quickly because your boy Big Poppy showed up with a with a nice little hattie. What a game from Matthews. And I don't want to hear anyone else commenting that the wrist is still bothering him because he is rounding back into that early season dominant form that we've seen from him. Uh do you think that Dubis is done? He's got still some a couple hours on Monday to shuffle the deck and p- potentially add some more. Do you think that that Riddick and Felino are it, or do you think he's going to have another something up his sleeve? Uh, it's tough because we could finish recording and they could make another big splash. But personally, I can confidently say that Dubis is done. I think he goes here, Sheldon Keefe, do what you will. But here are two impactful players that you can shuffle the deck with, but I don't think he needs to do anything else. I don't know what you think, but I think he could be done. I would suspect that the fact that Dubis has made it a point to have everybody retain percentage of salaries and he's sending out picks to brokers and stuff like that to keep the cap head even lower, that would indicate to me that he's not done and that he's still probably going to try to squeeze in something else and you know whatever he needs to do half retains whatever retains yeah it's a, and you have to pay the price to do that yeah. um, i'm going to go to my tweet of the day here uh, because chris johnson was reporting that the leafs now hold just 3 21 20 2021 draft picks uh second to fifth in the sixth rounder and four draft picks in the draft next season so I don't think that this is a huge deal, especially in this upcoming draft where nobody knows what the hell is going on because nobody's been playing on any sort of consistent level. And obviously scouting players has been extremely difficult during the pandemic. So it's not as if there's, or I should say, there's a lot of uncertainty heading into this draft, more so than there has been in any draft in past years. I don't understand why people get so fed up when like, oh, but they gave up a first. It's like, you have to do that if you're a buyer and a contender for the cup. Who gives a crap? Yeah. You gave up a first round pick. We don't know what it's going to turn into. And they didn't give up any prospects, any key prospects to this point. I thought They've they were going to have to give up guys in the organization. Like, a Miroff or something, Kenny. I thought he yeah. was going to be in the mix. But Well, you, well, Dubas said he was be. open for business. He yeah. said, you know, we're we're willing to trade top prospects and whether that was Robertson, whether that was Lilligren, whether that was Amir, Amarov, like regardless Sandine. of who, oh, yeah, whoever it was you figured that they were all on the table after what Kyle Dubas said earlier this offseason. And so far, what he's managed to do is keep all his top prospects and send out draft picks, which ultimately could turn into nothing, given the uncertainty, especially of this year's draft. So a really masterful job for me 
for Kyle Dubas managing this cap situation and managing trying to add to his team prior to the trade deadline. A very Leafs, masters, masters full job. Masters full job. Oh, yeah, I like that. Hey, uh, did, did you catch uh, some of the Sunday? I was parked on the couch from 9 a.m. onward, but then I had to be in studio for 6, so I caught the rest at the network. But uh, congrats to Hideki Matsuyama. I guess I'll just say he's at the library bar this week, Kenny. The guy who plays second, I'm going to also say he's there too, Will Zalatoris, who who looks eerily similar to Happy Gilmore's caddy. And Adam Sandler actually reached out to him via Twitter to say, good luck, young man, or good luck to my caddy, or whatever. It was actually quite funny. And he just looks exactly, you know, that little blonde dude in Happy Gilmore, is his. I think it's his first caddy before the homeless guy takes over. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, like, that was just blowing. I think that was the story of, of the fourth round of the Masters. But, you know, we don't want to bury uh, Matsuyama's heroics. Huge, huge uh, congrats to Matsuyama. Good, more good things to come, I'm sure. And big win for the Leafs on Saturday night as they beat the Ottawa Senators, who have been a real burr in their side this season. God. 6-5, uh, Matthews with the hat trick. I was stress-eating all, all game, man. It's too much. Yeah. It was, a, it was, well, it was like a scrimmage out there. Well, I feel like they yeah, just open it up. And I think that in that style of game, you have to like the Maple Leafs' chances. But if you want to get into that horse race style of a game where you're trading chances back and forth, the Leafs aren't the team that I would choose to do that with because they have so much scoring punch up front. Ultimately, Ottawa is able to make it close with the goalie pulled late in the third period as they bang one in. But ultimately, it wasn't enough, and Toronto was able to get the win 6-5 over their division rivals who... For like I said before, always play them tight this season. Absolutely, I guess I'll throw in my tweet of the day, Kenny. Before we go to around the league, it's from Sean Bowen at Bonesy twenty four, the son of Maple Leafs legend play by play Joe Bowen. He goes, "I miss the days of skipping school to watch hashtag Trade Center." I'm sure you did that because I did that for consecutive years in elementary school. Yeah, your dad gave you the green light to stay home <laughs> <I did>. and. Uh... <laughs> I'm sick. Oh I yeah, gotta watch Jay yeah. Onright. Yeah, your pops your pops knew exactly what was going on, but he gave you the green lights. Big shout out to Todd. He knew it would have uh it was gonna pay off in the future. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Lil There you go, know buddy. You were gonna parlay it into a career down the road. Uh let's move to around the league. So trade deadline obviously underway. We mentioned before Taylor Hall on his way to the Bruins alongside Curtis Lazar for a second rounder and Anders Bjork. A little bit surprised that it was just a second rounder for Taylor Hall, but certainly he's had a really down season. Although our good friend of the show, Ian Tulloch, was super high on him. Um, a decent price to pay for a winger with tremendous upside in Boston. What a crapshoot for Kevin Adams, man. You got a second rounder and Anders Bjork? A depth forward who is kind of, I don't even know if he's like an everyday NHLer. I mean, obviously he is right now, but I don't consider him him to be. I think they got bottom just, six. Bottom six, but man, I think Buffalo just got like just it was got like a, a bully just knocking over their tray in the cafeteria. It's like thanks a lot. We'll take Hall. You guys can eat fifty percent of the contract, and uh, we'll be on our way. You can have Anders Bork and sure take a second round pick. Really Disaster. nice pickup for Boston, I think. Oh, yeah. At that price point, second rounder. But we that know. That was the report that, yeah, we, he, that we, nobody was going to pay it first. No, but we. we look, at, we know what Taylor Hall can bring to the Bruins. I, I was more just shocked at the, the glaring return. I mean, I think, I think it should have been a first. Yeah. Whatever. 
The Bruins also add defenseman Mike Riley from Ottawa, so they're kind of bolstering up for their own cup run. Uh, the Islanders also training for an Ottawa defenseman. Braden Coburn heading the other way in that one. Uh, no money retained in that deal. And the Penguins, this one surprised me a little bit. The Penguins acquire Jeff Carter from the Kings. Obviously, they get an experienced, playoff-hardened veteran in Carter, but he's a little bit long in the tooth. I'm wondering how much he has left in the tank to bring to this Penguins group. Yeah, I think with Carter, it would be a bit of an emotional farewell, but it's like, you know what? I spent the last 10 years in L.A., I got two chips, and I want to win another one. You can clearly tell that L.A. is in a bit of a rebuild shift here, and this is a good opportunity. I like the Pens' audacity to go get him, and they did. I, I don't think, as you said, he's going to be like 2012-2014 Carter, but I think he can provide a, a pretty nice scoring touch for the Pens. I was watching a little bit of the NHL action last night, and my goodness, did the Washington Capitals ring up the score on the Boston Bruins. We were talking about that, them before. Wow. My God, it was a blowout. What was the final? 8-1? 8-1, 8-0? Yeah, gosh. it was it was brutal. And it's uh, the backup goaltenders in net for Boston. Uh, later, he no, got absolutely man. shelled last night. It was like 3 nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, just a disaster. Total disaster for Boston. Anyhow... All right, ready to go to the bar? Let's go, buddy. All right, admittedly, I'm producing a show at TSN 1050 tomorrow, so I've been scrambling around all morning trying to figure out uh, the guest list for that. So don't have anybody sitting at the bar for myself, but you have a couple people, perhaps uh, the winner of the green jacket this weekend. Yeah, so I guess I already mentioned Hideki. He's at the bar. I'm also going to go with uh, Anthony Neuer, Kenny. He's a professional bowler, and he converted the first 7-10 split in over 30 years on live TV. 7-10 split is when you effectively hit the corner pins in bowling in one shot. And he's just an absolute huge ginger who just dummies. <laughs> so there's a little bias there, but he just dude, you got to look up this guy, Anthony Neuer. He's they call him the Ginger Assassin. And the Ginger it, 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 Assassin. Just watch the video, like I can't even do it justice. Watch the video cuz the announcers, the announcers were like the Hornets announcers. They just went ballistic and rightly so, but man, he you could tell he was as soon as as soon as he hit it, he was like I need a giant pitcher of, of Stella. The 7-10 split is the only it's like people know three shots in bowling. They know a strike, they know a spare, and then they know the 7-10 split. Aside from that, you can't tell me what any of the pin lineups are outside of those three that you're trying to check off. So really impressive that he was able to nail both the corner pins, and even better that he was able to document it and meant it on film. Certainly yeah. uh, something worth the celebration to pick up the spare on that sort of a shot. It was incredible. I, I I'll be honest. I didn't know what a seven ten split was until. Oh really? I don't know what it was, man. But like you know, that's that's what Google's for, right? In past trade centers, David Poyle is, is very busy, so I'd imagine he'll be making a a number of calls today to try and make a move because the Preds are kind of in in a tough spot right in now. No man's They're, land, right? Yeah, now. it's like, like it's they kind could, of weird I, their situation. I feel like the Preds would sell if people are willing to give up 
some significant assets because despite the fact that they're kind of in that sniffing around to that playoff Limbo. position now and it looks like they could get in, you got to believe that inside that organization behind closed doors, they know that they're not going to be able to beat the top teams in the conference or whatever it is that you want to call it. The top teams in their division, the top teams that they'll end up meeting in you know, the conference finals or the whatever the hell is, the final four. I don't even know what they're calling it this year because I guess there's technically yeah, just... not conferences. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird situation. Anyways, yeah, they aren't going to beat Colorado in a seven-game series if they run into them on in the Eastern Conference final or even the teams in their own division that they no. have difficulty with. So, And, man, Colorado, the only thing that they were lacking was uh, a secondary goalie, and they got that with Devin Dubnik. So they are just ready to go, going to fight tooth and nail to to win that chip, buddy. Well, them and Joe Sackick, um, Kyle Dubas and Joe Sackick were kind of in the same bed in that sense where last year Colorado got caught with their pants around their ankles because, like, Grubauer went down and then, uh, you know, who was their other goalie? Fran Coos? Yes. Yeah, yes, he, so. he goes down, and then all of a sudden you end up with Hutchinson as right. the third stringer in between the pipes in the playoffs in Game 7. And that's not the place that really not any ideal. organization <laughs> wants to be. So you look at that's, you know, Sackick said, I'm not doing that again. And then Dubis also taking a page out of that book and saying, we're not doing that. We're not going to expose ourselves to that. So yeah. kind of uh, from the same playbook there from Joe Sackick and Kyle Dubis. What you got going on for the rest of the day here? Off day, buddy. And after Off last, day. Off, after last night. After last night, I need it. Man, we were flying. I was saying before we started recording, a 20-minute bl- opening block for people in TV production. You would relate to us on this. But, man, because the Hall News broke Kenny five minutes to midnight. We go live at midnight. It was just an absolute crapshoot. But TSN is a premier uh, network, and the control room did a very smooth job to get everything in, and it was a successful show. Get the B-roll cooking. Get that B-roll whenever, ASAP. Whenever the news drops... You know, five minutes air or something, and it just throws your whole oh. you know, show structure straight into the blender. Producers got to make more disaster. money, man. It's just ridiculous. Like they got to think on the fly. Like it could be an easy night sometimes, right? You have your lineup ready to go. Could be a light night content-wise, but then if something breaks, like last night, you got to just think on the fly and try to come up with something and let everybody know at the same time. So kudos to our uh, producer last night. Yeah. All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the Trade Center. We'll uh, see what happens for the rest of the NHL. Who else makes some moves? If Kyle Dubas has anything up the up his sleeve for the rest of the way here. Thanks for listening to episode 38, the Rasmus Sandine edition of LeafSpot. Follow us on Twitter, at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at LeafSpot, at HockeyPodNet. And we'll catch you next time.